Amen. I'd like to welcome you to our Sunday morning service and like for you to find your place in 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2, the title of the message is Stay with God. I'll be preaching on Stand with God in the afternoon service. I wish I could combine both of these messages, but just for the sake of time, I, I want to give both of them justice. And, and so I want to, with the help of God, uh, this morning we're going to preach on stay with God. You're not going to stand with God if you don't stay with God. And uh, may, may the Lord, he, he, look, if you're saved, He's going to stay with you, but you need to stay with Him, and He'll help you stand. And uh, may the Lord help us in these last days to be staying and standing with God. Second Peter chapter 2, and I'd like to welcome those that are joining us by the way of the internet. We thank God for your presence. We thank God for your prayers. And we pray for you even though we don't know you and we don't uh, know where you're at, your circumstances, but we do thank you for tuning in with us. And we'll begin reading in Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spare not the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell, and deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just lot, uh, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked." For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Uh, there's several groups of people that are mentioned in this passage here. And, and in verse 1, Peter mentions uh, the false prophets of the Old Testament, uh, those who Satan used uh, to sway kings and kingdoms, and many were used to lead Israel astray from the truth of God's Word and from the will of God. Uh, one of those false prophets comes to mind uh, in the Old Testament there. You find his story in 1 Kings chapter 13. We don't even know his name. And, but, but we see that he's going to mislead a younger prophet uh, who was doing the will of God. Uh, it, it was that older prophet. Uh, he, he claimed, uh, when he came to this younger prophet, he claimed that God had told him to invite that 
that prophet to his house so that he could just kick back a while and relax and eat with him when God had clearly told the other prophet, that young prophet, not to do that. Matter of fact, God said, Eat no bread, nor drink nor water, nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. This young prophet had just cried out against the altar at Bethel and he had prophesied of a future king named Josiah who would restore true worship. And the king Jeroboam who was standing by had stretched his hand out and commanded that they seize the prophet and as soon as he did that, boy, his hand dried up to where he couldn't even bring it back into him because of that. And then the the altar was rent and the ashes poured out. And then Jeroboam, of course, is going to ask the prophet, hey, fix me. I messed up. Fix me. I I, I pray and, and ask God to restore my hand. As a result... Jeroboam invited this younger prophet to to come to his house and eat. And he said, I'll give you a reward. And the prophet from Judah, this young prophet, uh, he refused Jeroboam's invitation because God had forbade him to eat or to drink or to come into anybody's house there. And, And he even told him, he said, go back a different way than the way you came. Well, here we got a young prophet that is standing for the Word of God and standing in the will of God and just staying with God's Word. And and uh, and, and here we see that, man, he, he's not for sale. <laughs> hey, you know, when it comes to rubbing shoulders with the world, this prophet said, not for me. I won't do that. He was bound and he was determined to follow the will of God and the Word of God. But then this old prophet approached him and told him that the Lord had spoken to him through an angel and said that it was all right for him to come and eat with him. Well, up until this point, this prophet from Judah was following the word of God. He was following uh, God's will for his life and he should have known that this old prophet was lying. Because if God had told him to go and prophesy at the altar and prophesy there with Jeroboam against Jeroboam and, 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 and prophesy about Josiah coming in that way and then he'd rent the altar and heal Jeroboam's hand, then, then why in the world would he have listened to someone else who claimed the Lord spoke to him through an angel? This prophet from Judah was getting his marching order straight from the Lord. So why would God change his mind now and choose another way to speak to him? (laughs) But what happened? The old prophet insisted. And the young prophet from Judah fell to his religious talk. This younger prophet sold out for a piece of bread and a little water, and a little fellowship or companionship with a fellow religious person. Boy, I tell you what, you you know where we're going here with this. In the days that we're living in, how many people have done that? How many Christians have done that? How many Christians' homes have done that? Not just pastors, but Christians' homes have, have chosen fellowship over following the Word of God. 
He stood up to the world. And man, he succeeded there, but he failed to the religious talk. In our passage, Peter brings up false prophets and, and how they seduced others to go against God's Word and to go against God's plan. And that this young prophet should have just stayed with the Word of God. He should have just stayed with God. Boy, there's many others that we could look at in the Old Testament. Jeremiah faced, <laughs> boy, he, he faced them. He faced those false prophets. Micaiah faced 400 false prophets. And uh, when Ahab, you remember when Ahab wanted to go up with Jehoshaphat, he was trying to he was trying to get Jehoshaphat to unite with him so that they could go out on a religious endeavor to regain Ramoth Gilead, one of the city of refuges that Syria had took. And boy, let's just all unite together. Let's just all hold hands. I know we don't believe the same, but hey, let's just all work together here. And it's for a good cause. It's a religious cause. And and uh, even one of those prophets there, uh, uh, four hundred said, "Go, go, go." Yeah, that's the will of God go. And we, we know they were false prophets. We understand that. But one of the big mouth of those false prophets named Zedekiah even put on horns and he acted out his, his false prophecy. Prophecy. Hey, that's why we don't have drama teams. There's your first drama team there. Better be careful thinking that it's all right to team up with others who are not following the Word of God. I've heard Christians say, and I mean good Christians, I mean people that, that I respect, I've heard them say, well, I can grit my teeth when it comes to certain things. But, the, but where I won't compromise is, is just on the Word of God. You know, I, there, there's, there's certain things I'll just grit my teeth and bear it, and you know, because I need meetings or I need to go places. I need, you know, better be careful. <laughs> you know, but as long as it's good for a good cause or in the name of religion huh, or, or, or for my children, I know it ain't perfect. I know it's not good. Uh, uh, they don't use the right Bible or they don't use the right kind of music, but, you know, it's for Jesus. Peter says they're false teachers. Look at verse 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be teachers among you, who privily shall, be, shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many, listen, and many, well, we're seeing this today. These are the days we're living in. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Hey, try telling that crowd of NIVers and ESVers and NASBers and the New King Jamers there that they're wrong. <laughs> try tell them they're wrong. And that their King James Bible, and try tell them that the King James Bible is the Word of God. I'm telling you, if you're not following that contemporary way with, the, with music and fake Bible versions, you're going to be spoken ill of. Even in independent fundamental King James only crowds, you'll be evil spoken of if you don't agree with certain camps. And I'm not talking about doctrines. I'm just talking about different things. You better be careful. All you're doing is staying with God's Word and God's ways, but yet you will be spoken evil of. Try telling some of these singing groups that they can't use soundtracks with their music or they can't bring drums into the church. Try telling them that. 
And you know what they do? Immediately, they bring up other independent King James churches and their pastors who are all for that. They don't see nothing wrong with it. Well, that's fine. That's their church. That's their, that's, that's, they have to answer for God for what they're doing. But you see, they justify themselves based on other churches, not on the Word of God. Not a one of them has ever stood on the Word of God when they justify themselves with that. This pastor, this church, we don't answer to that crowd. We've got to answer to the Lord. I, people say, well, if you just weren't so narrow-minded, we could have a crowd. Well, that old prophet, he knew that God would punish that young. He knew that. He, he knew what God would do. He knew who God was. He knew that God would punish that younger prophet that, well, that one that came from Judah, if he deviated from God's word, he knew that. But he still lied to him and caused him to die. He didn't care about that prophet. He didn't care about that prophet's family. He didn't care about that prophet's future ministry. You know, the easiest way to bring in damnable heresies is to do it through various versions of the Bible. That's the easiest way. Every fake version of the Bible either deny or put doubt on the deity of Christ. They put doubt on the fact that Christ is enough. They, they all take away enough scriptures out of their, their versions to infiltrate their beliefs uh, that his vicarious and substitutionary death uh, was not enough. Uh, there, there has to be some works involved. And can I just say, that's a damnable heresy. Another damnable heresy is Calvinism. God says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's for anybody. If you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God and there's no other name whereby we, you must be saved, then my friend, you're on your way to a devil's hell today where there's wailing, there's gnashing of teeth, where the torments of that eternal flame will never end. I promise you in hell there's nobody clothed in religion in hell. It's just them all alone and screaming out. I did this and I did that in the name of Jesus. I went to church. I was baptized. I was a member. I even gave them my time at the soup kitchen and, and I handed out this and handed out that to people. And, and you know, and I, I gave my talents and treasures to the Lord. But you know what? One day Jesus is going to say to everyone who trusted in these damnable heresies and trusted in their works, He's going to say this, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Look, we don't have to follow the crowd. Just stay with God. Just stay with the Word of God. It's not time to give in. It's not time to change or try a more worldly, carnal, a softer approach. You know, nobody likes to be told they're wrong. That's the mentality of the world, by the way. You know, we can't tell little Johnny that he's not a girl. You can't do that because you're gonna, you know, you're gonna just, you know, you're gonna break his spirit. Now his spirit's already broke. He's a sinner and he needs to be saved. He needs to see things according to God's word. Peter said that these days would come, and they're here. They're here. 
He also gives us a good reason to stay with God because all those who don't are going to face judgment. They're not going to get away with it and neither will anybody that strays from God's word. Look at verse 3. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spare not the angels that sinned but cast them down to hell and deliver them in the chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment and spare not the old world but save Noah the eighth person a preacher of righteousness bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that are after should live ungodly, and deliver just lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Uh, here, here again, we've got several characters that are mentioned in this part. Uh, and I want to touch on Lot here for just a minute. Uh, Lot, Lot made the pitiful choice to pitch his tent towards Sodom. Uh, what, what, what did he lose? when he, he thought he was gaining the world, but he lost everything. Uh, he lost daughters and he lost son-in-laws in Sodom. He lost all his worldly goods. Everything that he thought he was going to get and and, and have and keep forever. He lost it. Uh, not only that, but he lost his wife to Sodom when she turned back to see what was going on. But right here's the, the right here's the key to this. Uh, Lot never turned back. Yes, he made a mess, but he did not. Uh, turned back. Uh, his children wound up being perverted and he paid the price in his children and for his bad decisions. But Lot did not turn back. His righteous soul was vexed daily, but he did not turn back. His behavior encouraged his children to sin, but he did not turn back. The Bible said he was a righteous man. It's vexing enough trying to live for God in the days that we're living in, but imagine trying to do it when you put yourself in a position or in a place where you could be bombarded with that sin. Hey, it's hard enough trying not to be around that kind of stuff. Try being in it. Well, I can pitch my tent towards Sodom or toward the world. I'll be fine. That's what Lot thought. I'll be all right. I, I, I don't have to stay with God. I don't, I don't need to stay with Abraham, you know. I don't need to stay near Bethel there and the, the, the altar. I, I, can, I can venture off a little bit. And I'll be just fine. Lot wasn't just fine. Oh, I can pinch my tent toward the contemporary Christian music of today. Sure, I can do that. I'll be just fine. Yeah, Lot thought he could be just fine too. But who paid for it? His children paid for it. Because they took things further than he did. Well, I can pinch my tent and expose my family to fake versions of the Bible. I, I can let them be exposed to that and I, we'll be just fine. Me and my family, we're going to be just fine. Hey, Lot made it out, but some of his children didn't. And the two girls that made it out, their minds were twisted and their children became the enemies of God's people. Peter, through the word of God, is saying to us, just stay with God. 
and stay with God's Word. People and family members and friends and others who claim that they have a walk with God, they may try to persuade you that it's okay to stray. You know, but God says, just stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with my Word. Well, that song that the choir sung and that that was played right before the message, I'd rather have Jesus than anything. I trust that song is true to you. Well, let's get to Noah now in verse 5. In verse 5 it says, And spare not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Noah lived in wicked days, but he stayed with God's word. He stayed with God's will for his life. The Bible says that he was a preacher of righteousness. Everybody else was as wicked as they could be. But from the day that Noah believed God. Noah lived a godly life. It doesn't say about Noah like it said about Lot that he was vexed daily, you know, and all that. It don't say that about Noah. Why? Why? Because he was in the will of God and he was preaching the word of God and he was living according to the word of God. Noah drew some clear lines when it came to separation from the world. He led his family in righteousness and he had a consistent walk with God. And that's so important. You don't hear about Lot walking with God. You hear about sitting with the elders in the gate at the, at the entrance of the city. His children would have never entered the ark. Think about this. Noah's children would have never entered the ark unless Noah lived the way he should before the Lord and before his family. Look at Lot. Lot's choices led his family to not stay with God. None of those that made it on the ark were perfect. We understand that. They weren't perfect. But they believed the message of righteousness. That there was only one way for them to be spared from the wrath and the judgment of God. By faith they believed what God said and their obedience was an evidence or a token, if you would, of their faith. Did you notice it doesn't say that Noah was the first person on the ark? He says that he was the eighth person. I believe he made sure that his family got in. Noah just stayed with God's standards even when everybody else lived like the world and, 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 and were, were living wicked lifestyles around him, he just stayed with God. Boy, I've never seen a day where Christians struggle so much in this area of separation from the world, separation from the world's music and from the world's fashions and trying to push the limits on their dress. Uh, uh, Clothes are being worn so tight now that if you put a penny in the back pocket, you could read and see if it was heads or tails. Or, you know, uh, you know, tucking, ladies tucking their shirts in the front here and, and, and it's letting it cover the backside a little bit. You know, oh, that's modest right there. If I do it that way, then that's modest, right? Because I'm covering myself. In whose book is that modest? Yours or the Bible? Can, can you prove that with the Bible? The Bible says be not conformed to the world. You don't want to be conformed. You, you don't want to look like the world. But yet so many Christians, that's all they do. They push the limits to see how close they can get to look like the world. 
showing off legs and tops and tight clothes or all that is is an inward sign of rebellion against God's word. Where did the miniskirt come from? It didn't come from church. It did not come from church. It was started as an outward display of rebellion. Go just go on Google. It'll tell you. Same goes for other clothing as well. Men and women dressing alike, trying to look alike. That whole unisex movement, that didn't come from the Word of God. It, it didn't come from the Bible. It, it didn't come from church. You know where that came from? It came from the rock and roll movement. Can't tell a man and a woman apart. And you know what this whole unisex movement has ushered in? That's why we're dealing with all this transgender mess now. Can I just say that modesty is still in the Bible? And it's good for men and it's good for women. I'm not throwing rocks at either side here. I'm just telling it like it is. Noah lived in wicked and perilous times. Nobody else on earth was wanting to hear anything about the Lord, but Noah and Mrs. Noah just stayed with God. Noah stayed with God's Word. He stayed with God's righteous standards. And he stayed with God's will. Hey, there was only one way for him and his family to be saved. One way to build the ark. It was God's plan. Had Noah done anything less or more than what God had told him to do, then the ark would not have held together. Anything less than God's plan for your life will result in failure. And if it's not in you, it'll be like with Lot and his children. Noah did exactly what God commanded him. And when he was done, you know what God said? Move in. Come on home. Come on inside. Hey, he, he didn't have to beg. Noah didn't have to beg or prod his family to go in. All he said was, Lord said, let's go. And they followed. You say, well, I don't know if my children will follow me. You know, if I want to follow. Hey, just live a righteous life. Do right. They'll follow you. Let's close with verse 9. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. You see, there's only one way to be saved and there's only one way to get to the Father. If you fail to believe the report, if you fail to believe what God says as the only way to be spared from the wrath of God, then God has reserved a day of judgment just for you. Hebrews 9.27 says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this... The judgment. Uh, you see, Noah believed God. Uh, he found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and so can you today. If you're not saved today, my friend, then please don't delay. You don't know the time or the hour that you're going to take your last breath here on earth, and you will wake up in eternity, either in heaven or hell, based on the choice that you made. Uh, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Please don't delay, because once you die, it's too late to change your mind. You better believe God now, and believe God closes the door. There's coming a time where that door will be closed. There's going to be a time where there will be the last time you refuse Him. Christian, to stay with God's Word. We're living in days of great turning from the old paths, from the Word of God. 
Stay with God's standards of righteousness. Stay with God's will and plan for your life. You see, Noah never regretted believing God. Never. His family did not regret believing God. He didn't regret following after God's plan for his life, and you won't either, I promise you. But old Lot, Lot had many regrets. Can you see him sitting in that cave saying, Wow, what have I done? What have I done? There'll come a time where you too, if you don't stay with God, you'll be right just like Lot said, What have I done? What have I done? You know why he had many regrets? Because he chose to not walk with God, but to walk with the world instead of God. If you're going to hear well done one day, then you must live by God's Word and you must stay with God.